You can learn much about Greek cuisine without ever leaving Athens, but to acquire a deeper appreciation for the region's flavors, sail for the islands. Our first stop is Kea, a small island in the Cyclades, just an hour's ferry ride from the mainland port. At her hillside estate and cooking school, Aglaia Kremezi, the well-known food and cookbook writer, teaches us some of the fundamentals of Greek cooking. Here, Steve and Diana sit in Aglaia's courtyard and get a private lesson in Greek baking. Aglaia begins by making a bread with leftover tomato salad. It is uh, a recipe that I, I started this uh, summer. I call it my leftover uh, tomato salad bread because, in fact, I'm using uh, tomato. Uh, instead of using water in the dough, you see the color of the dough? Uh, I'm using uh, tomato, uh, all the tomatoes and everything that was left uh, from a salad, like a little bit of onion, a little bit of, uh, of uh, um, uh, capers, and I, I mash everything in the, uh, in the blender. And instead of using water in my regular dough, I'm using this as the, uh, as the liquid to make the, dough, the bread dough. So I'm making a flat bread, which we call lagana in Greek. Actually, this bread came to me because we have, you know, this ladenia, you know, uh, Diane, this ladenia bread, which is made in kimolos, which is topped with onions and tomatoes. So that's what gave me the idea. And then I started by making regular dough bread, but, uh, but I had all these tomatoes, so I used even the liquid. So what I'm making here, I'm trying to make, uh, to expand the dough. I'm wet my fingers and ex expand the dough very much. But what I have seen when I made it with just tomatoes was that uh, then the top became too soggy. So I came up with the idea, I mean, this is another leftover idea, really, to use some pieces of, uh, of cheese. This is caseri and kefalotiri cheese, which is cut into pieces. And I'm going to, uh, to spread this on the dough. I'm going to spread the cheese on the dough to create, not a lot of cheese, uh, to create just uh, a base so that the, the liquid from the tomatoes doesn't go into the bread. I'm spreading the whole thing with the cheese. And then I'm going to make a layer with my tomatoes. The idea is now, now we have all kinds of, uh, of tomatoes. We have smaller, we have bigger. And I'm going to lay, uh, to cover the top of the bread with uh, tomatoes. And it is uh, um, a challenge to, um, to bake it uh, so that it bakes evenly both and pot and uh, the, the top and the bottom. And what I came up with, I did a few tryouts. What I came up with uh, was uh, that I start very high in the, in the oven and I have the oven very high temperature and I place the bread very high for 10 or 15 minutes until it starts, the tomatoes start to, uh, to um, dry quite completely. And then I place it further down in the oven. I'm pressing it a bit so that it sticks. And then uh, it is also important to add, I mean, uh, I'm trying to avoid uh, oil, uh, much salt, but this a little bit of salt here, and I'm using uh, coarse salt from the, from the rocks that we collect here from Kea. And I'm going to sprinkle with some salt. 
And then I'm going to drizzle with olive oil. You cannot go wrong with olive oil. And I'm also adding a little bit of uh, red pepper. I don't know, I mean, I hope you would like red pepper because <laughs> that's what we like a little bit of, uh, to give it a little bit of a kick with a little bit of uh, red pepper flakes. And sometimes, if you like, you can also add a bit of oregano. So now we, are, uh, we need to put the bread in the oven. You see I have the, uh, the rack quite high here. And I'm placing it very high. And uh, the oven is very high as well. So I'm going to leave it here for about uh, seven, eight minutes. Because it needs to bake first uh, on the top. And then we move it to the bottom to finish baking uh, the flatbread. The good thing about this flatbread, well, when you see it, you will, you will see what it is. It's that you can eat it uh, warm, but also uh, room temperature. Our tomato bread is ready. Here it is. Uh, we definitely want to leave it a little bit to, uh, to cool. You, you never eat extremely warm bread. But this will be great, uh, just warm or room temperature. Aglaia's assistants, Ella and Stamatia, demonstrate the difficult art of rolling phyllo pastry with what looks like a broomstick. Basically, Mediterranean diet has a lot of bread, and this is another bread. In Epirus, Ella and Stamatia's native province, pies are so central to the diet that the word for pie is the same as the word for food, trophy. Girls in Epirus begin practicing their pie making at an early age. Because making the perfect filo is something that you have to start from a very early age. Uh, Ella and Stamatia will tell you that they started uh, when they were 12 years old because their mothers were doing other things. So they, uh, they started uh, doing uh, the filo. They had to start, so they started from, from early on. And you see how, you know, how easily they roll it as if it's nothing. Aglea prepares the filo dough for a traditional spanakopita, or stuffed spinach pie. She calls her dough a tipsy filo because it's made with a splash of ouzo. I just want to, to show you my tipsy uh, dough for filo. This is a dough that, uh, that I came up with the recipe, uh, listening to various recipes, especially from Hanya, from Crete. This is the recipe they use when they make xerotigana. They use, uh, 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 I'm using ouzo or raki, or you can use vodka, it's the same thing. I'm using ouzo, but it, it won't smell of ouzo. This is a very important ingredient of this dough. So the dough has flour, we have here uh, bread flour, uh, and I'm going to add, this is about uh, six cups of uh, bread flour, I'm going to add three tablespoons for six cups. Three tablespoons of uh, vinegar. I'm using uh, apple vinegar, but you can use whatever vinegar you like. And, uh, and two teaspoons of, uh, uh, of salt. And also uh, a little bit of sugar. This is, I mean, you can use it or you can not use it, but a little bit, just, you know, a pinch of sugar. And the most important, one of the most important ingredients, I'm using ouzo in this dough. So I'm using half a cup for six cups of flour. I'm using half a cup of ouzo, vodka, or raki. As I told you, this is ouzo, but still it won't make any much, uh, much difference. And uh, I'm going to just stir a little bit the ingredients here. And then I am placing it in, uh, in the cuisine art to be worked. 
You will see how it is. And instead of using water, I'm using uh, uh, seltzer, club soda. This is uh, seltzer. So I'm, I mean, it, it has about a cup uh, and a half, but I'm kind of like uh, adding it here on the side and judging how it goes. Uh, you know, when you read the Greek recipes, they always tell you, uh, and enough water to make uh, an elastic dough. They never, they never mention the, uh, the amount of water because you never really know how much water it will take. This dough needs to rest for at least a half hour and preferably two or three hours, like all the doughs that we make. Uh, so this is our dough. Very elastic. You see how it springs up? You see how it springs up? This is a very elastic dough, and this is how it's supposed to be. A very important ingredient on making uh, the, the dough is cornstarch. We roll the dough in cornstarch. Cornstarch is, uh, you know, uh, it's not absorbed by the dough, but it helps uh, make it uh, very uh, thin and elastic. This is an old pan. It's from copper and it's quite heavy because it needs to sustain the heat. But because it is lined inside the old-fashioned way, we are not uh, putting actually the, the pie in it, but we take uh, uh, pieces of uh, parchment paper and we layer it with parchment paper on both sides. And I'm using parchment paper, as you saw with the other bread also, I'm using parchment paper all the time. So Ella is coming here uh, and she's the one and she's the one who is uh, going to roll the first large filo. We are going to do the first large filo with which we will uh, cover uh, the, the bottom of the... No. We will cover the bottom of the... So you see, this is Ella's, uh, Ella's rolling pin. And this is not like a regular rolling pin. It's thicker in the, uh, in the middle. And this is not something that you can find to buy anywhere. Her father has made it. And this is a very old, as you see. The beginning, uh, at the beginning, you just press a little bit. But then what, what Ella is doing now is not pressing on the dough. She's expanding the dough with her fingers on the stick. It doesn't matter if it creates a little holes or anything. I mean, it's a very forgiving filo. Uh, it's not like, I mean, here it has it started to make some uh, little holes. It doesn't matter. You put it on, you actually wrinkle it there, and then you patch it with the next one. The important thing is to make uh, a, a large filo. This is a very interesting and crunchy dough, which is also crunchy when cold, completely cold. And uh, what we are actually making now, we are starting to make the filo to make uh, a traditional uh, spanakopita, a green spy with herbs. But this is thin. This is like, like a, a very um, uh, kind of like refined sandwich. That's what pies are, really. So we're starting with, uh, with a filo that is a little bit torn, which doesn't really matter because we are going to have another one on top. Very important when you start making the filo. Ella is a bit, a bit nervous with the cameras. So <laughs> she made a little torn filo, which scarcely ever happens, but anyway. <laughs> so, come here, Ella. Ella. So, 
we are starting from here, placing, uh, placing the, the, the sheet of filo on, on the pan. Uh, but as I told you, it doesn't matter because we are going to make another two. So it doesn't really matter. So this is a second filo that we are making. And we need, uh, we need to uh, brush it with olive oil again. And it's better done with the hands. And not with brushes. We hardly ever use brushes for that. And it's very good with the hands because, you know, uh, when you make spanakopita uh, or fortopita, as we call it, with different kinds of greens, you need uh, to make a lot of chopping, which we already have done. Uh, we have already chopped all the ingredients. So making, <laughs> making all the, uh, chopping all the ingredients, your hands get, you know, sore. But then as you wrap the filo with your hands, the olive oil is great for the skin, as you know. So we want to have equal, uh, an equal uh, kind of like uh, amount of dough, as I told you, filo dough and ingredients. To make uh, the hortopita, the we don't need very thin filo. To make very thin filo, uh, we make very thin filo when we make baklava. But for the hortopita, as I told you, we need to create layers both at the bottom and at the top. So we are kind of like wrinkling it a little bit because we want to create here a good layer also at the bottom. Remember, we are doing this uh, very refined sandwich here. The filo cooks with olive oil. It needs the olive oil to cook and become crunchy. We need a big one now so that it covers the bottom. When we have the classes, we have to, to do things quite fast because, you know, it has uh, a good spanakopita needs to cook in the oven, needs to bake in the oven for at least one hour. So uh, we usually start with the spanakopita and leave it in the oven to, uh, to cook, uh, I mean to bake. Uh, slowly because uh, we are using a raw vegetable uh, stuffing. We don't cook the vegetables. Mm -hmm. So all the vegetables are chopped and we are just mixing them with, uh, with all the ingredients, uh, the herbs and, the, and all the vegetables and uh, uh, we are just laying them uh, in the pie. Now we're going to lay the third filo. We start from here. Ella says that it's not too much. And then we'll go all the way to this side, here, where we need to, to take it up. It's very forgiving, believe me. This is a very, very forgiving uh, dough. And also a very uh, flavorful one. So, and if it tears, I told you, it doesn't matter. It's supposed to anyway, and we uh, we add the the so olive oil. Yes, and we will uh, in a minute. Uh, we will bring all the ingredients to prepare uh, to show you how we prepare the stuffing. Greek vegetable pies can be made with virtually any type of greens, such as fennel, beet tops, or amaranth. Whatever the green, it's always mixed with a lot of aromatic herbs. 
Here we are using, today we are using spinach basically, and some wild greens also that I gathered from the garden. We all, we, uh, we were very fortunate to have some rain. So we have some, uh, uh, some other greens here from the garden, whatever you, uh, you can find. So uh, uh, we have chopped scallions, quite a bit of chopped scallions. As you see, they are not uh, very much uh, finely chopped. Uh, we are also using dill, quite a bit of dill. All kinds of aromatic herbs go into the stuffing of uh, the uh, green spy or spanakopita. Also parsley, flat leaf parsley, and uh, I use a lot of uh, uh, wild fennel, but wild fennel is now in bloom. I'm using a little bit, this is very aromatic, it gives very interesting aroma to the pie, and when you go to Crete, you will see how much they use the fennel. Uh, they use the fennel fonts, but now the fonts are completely dry. But I'm using uh, the little uh, flowers, which we gather from, uh, from the, you know, as you, uh, as you were coming now, Costa stopped and uh, gathered some, uh, some branches of fennel, which are almost uh, ready now. You see they're almost uh, becoming seeds. Uh, and they are wonderful uh, to add into, uh, into this uh, stuffing of the green spy because this is basically a greens and herbs pie. Uh, in the States, because you don't have uh, wild fennel, which to me is a very important addition to uh, the pie, you can use uh, the fennel bulb together with some dry fennel seeds which create uh, uh, the equivalent of this taste that you will taste after that. So this is the first thing you do whenever you have a guest and uh, Spanakopita, it's actually uh, best uh, eaten uh, then the second day also, either uh, cold or room temperature, either warm. Now, uh, we don't have, again, this is the end of the season uh, and we don't have enough uh, fresh, uh, we only have very little uh, fresh uh, uh, mint, so I'm using dried mint as is uh, the custom all over uh, the Middle East and in Greece, so I'm using some dried mint which I dry myself, you know, I take the branches and I dry it. So now what I need to do, I need to uh, toss everything and uh, add some salt so that I practically will knead it like we need uh, the bread, just, you know, just two teaspoons of salt. And I'm actually kneading it because I want to wilt the greens. And the greens will cook slowly together uh, with uh, the, uh, the, the, the filo, the, ve the various layers of filo to create the traditional spanakopita. And scientists have told us that all these different greens and the herbs that we add, and especially if you make it with wild greens, the greens that we gather from the fields uh, are uh, very, uh, they have very interesting uh, healthy ingredients that you need in order to, to be healthy and to uh, boost your immune system, let's say, you know, the, the, the famous antioxidants. I'm going to add a little bit of uh, olive oil also to this, not a lot. We're also drizzling it with olive oil after that. 
And I'm going to, and, and the other very important ingredient is the feta cheese, of course, which is crumbled feta, regular feta cheese, Greek feta cheese, of course. Antonio Trichopoulou has calculated uh, that all, uh, all these different greens that we add in the uh, traditional green pie or spanakopita are the perfect doses of, uh, of the antioxidants that uh, somebody needs uh, for the whole day. This is a dish that we make all the time in the winter or in the summer with different greens. Uh, even with, uh, I have uh, usually in the garden, I have uh, my spinach in the garden and I freeze it and keep it for to use it. I'm adding uh, two eggs to the mix so that you will be able, you can avoid it. Maybe, maybe you don't need to, uh, to add them. Uh, sometimes when, when you make uh, a lentil pie, you don't uh, add eggs or uh, you don't even add cheese for that matter. And I'm going to, to mix that in together with some hot pepper. I like very much uh, to use Bukovo or Aleppo pepper. I'm adding a bit for a kick. Sometimes you can also add uh, some sultanas if you like. Some people, especially when we are using the bitter greens, uh, are using sultanas to sweeten uh, the flavor of the, uh, of the stuffing, which we uh, very often do. So I have incorporated here the feta cheese, all the herbs, the greens, various greens, and sometimes if the greens are a bit bitter, what we do instead of adding sugar or salt, we try to avoid a lot of salt. Feta is quite salty, so I have added only very little salt, as you saw. We are adding uh, golden raisins, any kind of uh, raisins, but golden raisins are very good in that. And um, you see, uh, as they will cook with uh, the already, uh, the raw ingredients, they will puff up and they give a very interesting uh, sweet and savory uh, flavor to the pie. This is my pie. I, I mean, my, I have taken recipes from all over the world and I came up with this uh, uh, pie. Uh, the other thing that uh, I have, uh, uh, I ended up doing is that Sometimes when you bake uh, these pies that have raw ingredients in them, the bottom uh, layers become of the filo become very soggy. So in order to avoid uh, uh, that, I'm adding uh, a, a handful of, this is bulgar wheat that I'm spreading at the bottom. You won't taste this, but it will absorb uh, the, uh, the, the, the extra liquid from the chopped greens and it will make the bottom very crunchy. You can also add trahana or you can also do as the old women of Epirus uh, were doing. You make a, a sheet of phyllo, you bake it in the oven and then you crumble it and, and uh, leave it at the bottom of the pie. But uh, I found that uh, doing it with the bulgur is uh, very nice and convenient. Now we are going to, uh, to patch up our uh, not completely perfect filo, which again, I'm telling you, it doesn't really matter. And we left it also. So Ella, let's now uh, pour uh, the stuffing into uh, the pie. 
And uh, we are not sure that we are going to use all of it, mind you, because it is important that the stuffing uh, won't be very much, very high up. This is, remember, I was telling you, this is like the refined sandwich. The ratio between uh, stuffing and phyllo must be kept into the traditional levels. So let's see. We need a little bit more, Ella, a little bit more, but not a lot. Uh, mind you, this will uh, contract because these are greens and it will uh, lose the water. Okay, okay. What we usually do after that, we usually uh, do rolls, which we can make a couple of rolls also with the leftover. That's why, I mean, uh, pitas, uh, as we call the pies, uh, are a convenient food of uh, the villagers who were uh, whipping up a pita with whatever they had at hand. So now we're ready. A little bit of olive oil on top. And that waits for the two top filo. Any kind of aromatic greens go into this pie which is an ideal street food because you cut pieces or uh, as Ella will, uh, will make her uh, favorite rolled pie afterwards, you can make individual rolls and, and uh, buy them uh, in, the, uh, in the places where they sell uh, street food in, in Athens. Of course, it's not this kind of thing. I mean, it's a little bit more commercial. It's a very healthy street food. I would use any kind of uh, greens uh, in the summer, for example, when we don't have spinach, when we don't have uh, uh, wild greens, we use amaranth shoots to make uh, the pie. Or you can use the greens from uh, the uh, from the beets, beet greens, because we also cultivate uh, beets here. So we use the beet greens also for the pie. Any kind of greens and then you compensate, you add, uh, if they are bitter as uh, the wild greens are, you need to add uh, probably more, yes, uh, you need to probably add more of the more sultanas. Okay, so we cover that. And Prochora. Um, Go on, do an, um, one more, I will do that. Again, pouring in the olive oil. And spreading it with the fingers. And you were also asking me if there are any meat pies. Uh, well, uh, there are some meat pies, and uh, Ella was describing to me and, uh, a traditional meat pie that they make with uh, preserved meat from, uh, you know, from, uh, from sheep and goats. They, they preserve it uh, the, way we, we, uh, the way you preserve, for example, uh, the, the pork. You can preserve it in its own fat and then use little pieces of that in the winter to make a whole pie with leeks, uh, the pieces of this preserved meat, and also uh, a little bit of uh, bulgar or trahana. This is a very interesting, uh, uh, very, very interesting uh, kind of more hearty pie for the winter. And then there is this festive uh, pie 
that uh, Stamatia, my other assistant, who, whom you will meet in a minute, uh, she will uh, uh, tell you about uh, the chicken, the festive, uh, because she's from Epiros, and the festive uh, Christmas dish there is this pie they make with chicken, rice, and feta cheese. And this is a, a semi-open pie that in the middle uh, has a, an egg wash with olive oil. Because, as, uh, uh, because this is a green pie, we don't want to make very, very thin phyllo layers. And we want to have uh, now, see how we are going to drag everything from under and from over to close it. To enclose the filling in it. This is our purpose here. But if we have some holes, it doesn't really matter. Uh, we need to enclose the filling. Oh. You can pour some olive oil on top. Pour me some olive oil. Yes. And we will here also. Yes. The olive oil is very important and we need it also at, on the sides as I tell you, and we need to create more layers. That's why we have it uh, here a little bit uh, crimped, uh, I mean, uh, creased like this. And we will turn inside. We reach for the bottom layer, which here is a little bit tricky because we created these holes in the filo. So we drag it here. But this is very forgiving, as I told you. Don't, you know, even if you are, if you start to make this filo, it's a very forgiving filo. Important, you need to have the olive oil in it. Okay. A little bit here, we need a little bit of olive oil here, because otherwise the filo won't cook well. A bit more here, that's it, okay, fine. So we're turning it here, and it is also important, yes, uh, it is important uh, also that uh, we, all this crimping here, we have to push it so that all the round is at the same level, otherwise as it cooks, it may burn around here. So we just, you know, press it down here, we need to score the pita because it needs to have the air, it needs to have air so that it, uh, yeah, because there is quite a lot of evaporation of all these uh, raw uh, greens inside, so we need to score it here. All the way we score all the, to the top levels. Usually we do a cross, I mean, but that's, you know, that's something that you can do more uh, cuts, but usually we do a cross. The pie is ready to go to the oven. While the pies bake, we take a quick tour of Aglaea's prolific garden, a paradise where something edible is always ready to harvest. There are olives and pomegranate trees, wild and cultivated arugula, peppers and tomatoes, and giant cucumbers. Aglaea presents Steve and Diana with mezzadakia, her tomato bread, and the two dips that she always has in her refrigerator. Tiro kafteri, a fresh white cheese spiked with hot and sweet peppers, and smoked herring taramasalata, 
a common Greek dip that's a thick puree of fish roe, olive oil, breadcrumbs and lemon juice. Like a trademark of, of my kitchen. I always have that in the refrigerator as well.